Welcome to Games We Grew Up With, the podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we'll talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses, and reminisce about it, then replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we're actually not doing any of that. We'll be donning our hazard suit and talking about Half-Life 2 for the PC. I'm Chris. And I'm Katie. Let's follow Freeman. Let's go. Hopefully he doesn't get us killed. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually very glad that, that Katie is joining me for this episode because it was supposed to be uh, just a, a non-rose, which we have done in the past. And by that, I mean Katie has done a non-rose in the past. I've done a couple of non-roses, sir. And we've uh, done I one know. together. We have. And I was trying to set up this, this episode by myself and realized that it's very hard to do by yourself. Yes. So thank you. Thank you for joining me, Katie. Mostly you're going to be a, a sounding board. So it's it's kind of a bridge because we've we've. We're, we're kind of behind. We're 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 behind on episodes because Always. of just life in general, travel and just life. So we're we're gonna be we're gonna be having some fun tonight. Hey, Vandemize. I'm Kyle. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this Thank you, John. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are doing this live on Twitch, so. I, I will be doing my best to post this uh, without censoring it too much for for the live stuff. Assuming I don't drop too many F-bombs. And so and this is a great reminder. Come follow us over on Twitch at GWGW Show. Follow us over on social media as well where we did announce we are doing this live stream because, you know, we do stream games but every once in a while apparently we're going to be doing some live podcast recordings as well because why not at this point? Also, I'm trying to figure out how to organize my my desktop with all of my notes, show notes, and personal notes and stream and I don't have enough room. Alert. So we're going to have some fun with this episode and I'm going to interject points that I wish I would have made because it was a live stream and I forgot to make them. So once you hear that HEV sound, you'll hear me saying something that I wish I would have said. So let's have some fun. As Chris explained, we are covering Half-Life 2 for the PC. It did later come out for Xbox 360, PlayStation 3. I think it came out for the original Xbox. Um, Who it, cares? It was... <laughs> so, let's get into it at this point. Chris, tell me about the game. So, Half-Life was released in 2004, developed by Valve, back when Valve actually developed games and not just a a distribution platform i guess technically they still develop and um, hardware now well and hardware yeah technically they still develop pause oh that stupid moba that i hate uh dota dota thank you they still are technically developing dota but anyway and dota 2 thank you vandemize dota 2 yeah 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 Dota was the original. Thank you. Um, it was distributed through Steam. It was eventually distributed through the Orange Box, which is kind of their big release into the real world on Xbox because it had, what? It had Half-Life 2, Team Fortress. Portal, and Team Fortress. That's right. So that was, that was the big ones. Yeah, and it, so, I think it... It came out on the PlayStation later, not right at the same time as the Xbox, because it definitely came out first on Xbox 360, the, mm. the orange box did, and then it later came out on PlayStation. But it really, yeah, all I, of, I think... It, all of the hats. Thank you. Thank you, Taco. Hats. Keep going. No, yeah, I hats. think the, the big thing about it was, while it was popular on PC, uh, I think the big thing is putting it on the orange box cross disseminated among a lot of people who maybe had only heard of Half-Life, only heard of Team Fortress, and so suddenly they had all of these different things. Of It was a great deal. It was 30 bucks for three amazing games. There was no reason not to, and I think that's what really made it yeah. 
ex- soar in popularity was the orange box. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it 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 definitely got it it out there and like I so this is going to sound heretical, even if I'm I'm gonna like part of my indie cap is I I started playing this game before it came out on the orange box, but I actually played Half Life Two before the original Half Life. Of course you did. Yeah, well. I played it on my my uh, roommate in college, my sophomore year. I played it on his PC because he had it, and my little tiny laptop couldn't handle it. So I played it on on his PC. I played uh, Counter Strike one six even before Source came out mm-hmm. on there. So that was my background into that. Oh God, we were talking about the development. Yeah, uh, there, there is no rose section today. To be fair, no, so there is there is no rose. Yeah, it's going to be interspersed in here. The reason this is a non-rose game is because I never played Half Life. It's just not my style of game. I don't do shooters, so yeah. I, I know a lot about it. It's just never. I realize I've just never gone around and played it. I know that might be like, and she said it. Her God, God damn it. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> damn it. Uh, I know. It's just, it's just, I've know so much about it, and yet I've never played mm-hmm. it. So that's why it felt like this episode was really meant to be a non-rose episode where Chris can do a lot of the talking about it and everything like that. But he just, you know, I don't have a lot to add besides, you know, my extra commentary and to be a jerk to Chris. And I'm terrible at talking to myself, so this is helpful. So this this game started development in '99. So six months after the release of the original Half-Life, which was obviously a massive success, and they just plowed straight into this, they changed over. Um, they used the Quake engine for the original Half-Life, which is which is a whole big thing that was like id Software, Quake engine. They developed their own engine for this, and then they also used uh, the Havoc engine to get a lot of the physics work, which is plays a ton into into all of these games so development for this game lasted five years and cost 40 million dollars which for 99 is a ton of money like that is now it's still a lot of money i mean i know yeah i it's like it's not because especially because it's not really a triple a title it's not considered that so to be that much money for a non-triple a is a lot yeah and I mean, it's. I was gonna say it's clearly it's it's well received, which we're not allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> um, Met- Metacritic, its rating is ninety six out of a hundred, and that's Metacritic. So like that's the randos are giving it that. Eurogamer gives it a ten out of ten. One Up dot com A plus. PC Gamer was a ninety eight percent. Uh, Max PC awarded Half-Life 2 11 on their rating scale, which normally peaks at 10. Yes, yes, we know. They called it the best game ever made. <laughs> and that's never, definitely never been hyperbole. No, never. But when this when this game came out, it was just it was just mind-blowing. Even after even after the original Half-Life, which again, I never played. I have played it, obviously now, but I played this game afterwards. But just the the narrative piece and like the the way that this game flowed together was just so good. Like it's it's it it's worth every score that it gets. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say, if, and. You know, I guess correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. But we're most we're talking about Half Life Two as 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 a whole, as much as it's whole. I know it came out with like Episode One, Episode Two. Mm. We're mostly talking about kind of all of that, or is it just focusing on the first one? Say that again. Are we focusing on just? I was, I was distracted by the of, chat. If are we focusing on just? I know Half Life as a whole, John. I know I'm saying it weird. Half Life came out as a game and then there was episode one that came out two years later and then episode two that came out a year after that today episode, are we f- 
We're okay. we're we're doing Half Life Two because Episode One, Episode One was Half Life Two Episode One. Yes, it was weird. Yes, no, we are just talking about the original Half Life Two. Okay, <laughs> it's uh, confusing. It. I know. There's so much because Valve can't get to three. <laughs> they can't get to three. <laughs> They're scared of three. <clears throat> okay, so we are focusing on just the original game. That's all these scores are just for the original game. Just wanted to Yes, just the original Half Life two. I, I I have played Half Life Two Episode One, Half Life Two Episode Two. I've not played uh, Alex because I don't have a VR headset. Was, which is Alex is the prequel series that just came out on VR like last year. Last year, yeah, like like two thousand uh, twenty. So two three years ago now. God, it's been that long. Jeez. Oh, um. So yeah, so it came out. So yes, we are focusing on the second game in the series, but not the episodic games that came out after that. Correct. That are also called Half Life Two, which were fine. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, no Rose segment because again, I, you never played this game. I didn't play it until I was in college. So, um, but again, had a very, very uh, lasting effect on me. Um, again, remember playing it on my roommate's computer when he was asleep or in class because it was just like he I saw him playing it and I was like I need to play this game. Yeah. Get out of the way. When you're not using your computer, can I borrow your computer please? <laughs> so, this is this is how we got on that journey. We're let's let's blast through the plot real quick. Okay, um, let's go. Yeah. On to um, the plot. In in a half second, we'll go through the Half-Life 1 plot you accidentally get monsters into the world and then Gordon Freeman is put into stasis after he defeats monsters and goes into an alien realm. Done. <laughs> That's Half-Life 1. <laughs> Half-Life 2 starts. You're on a train and the G-Man, weird, awkward dude, pulls you out of stasis 20, li 20 lives? 20 years after Half-Life 1. You enter something called City 17 to find Earth taken over by something called the Combine, which was in a war with humanity that lasted for seven hours. Good job, humanity. <laughs> it's now run by a Dr. Breen, who was a administrator at um, Black Mesa, who never really came up in the original game, but that's just a throwback to that. So he's like kind of the puppet ruler. Uh, you roll in through a security checkpoint. You get punched in the face by a bunch of guards. You run into a security guard. Turns out it's Barney that's in the original Half-Life. He Ooh. was the, uh, I think in canon, he was the dude that was locked out of the door in Half-Life 1. So he's like banging on the door to try to get in That's as cool. you're you're rolling by on on the uh, monorail. That so, has been confirmed. Yes, that has been confirmed. Um, he kind of saves you from security, gets you out, throws you into the resistance with Alex Vance, who is the daughter of Eli Vance, who is a Black Mesa uh, scientist. He is one of the generic scientists that you met in Half-Life 1 that because uh, you met like two or three yeah uh, yeah so Eli Vance and then you meet Dr. Kleiner who was another generic scientist they're doing stuff in the background trying to, to get around the combine science stuff alert I should talk more about Dr. Kleiner's lab because there's a, a bunch of fun stuff that happens in there. You walk in and then Barty comes in shortly afterwards. You see he's got a ton of TVs set up that he can monitor like everything going around the Citadel and the city. And then uh, there's a cork board that just has a bunch of Easter eggs on it. Like it's got articles about the Seven Hour War. It's got a picture of Eli Vance and his wife. It's got a little post-it note that says get more watermelons for 
Hetty, which is his de-beaked head crab named Hetty Lamar. And I just love that. It's it's all these little flourishes. There's a ton of detail if you go looking for it. All right, back we go. Yes, science stuff. They try to teleport you to where... So where you are in City 17 with Dr. Kleiner to Eli Vance, you accidentally teleport into random places. Alert. You teleport places like outside the lab... I think at some point you go to Zen. Uh, you also teleport directly into Dr. Breen's office as he's talking to uh, one of the overlords. So you have this image in the background. You kind of see the Combine overlord in the background on this TV screen. And he turns around and he's like, yes, I swear I saw. And he looks around. And he's like, Dr. Freeman. And then you get teleported into a lake with a monster coming at you. It's you. It's. It's a wild, wild kind of uh, sequence that's that's a lot of fun. You have to run around. At some point, you get into an airboat, because that's a thing that happens in this game. You have to blast through a bunch of open areas in an airboat to the Black Mesa East base. Alert! The airboat takes you across a ton of canals, which is why uh, you you get it. Uh, initially, you're just in a normal kind of airboat, big fan, pontoon, stuff like that. Going over ramps, you have to go through a bunch of physics puzzles to move objects to open gates and and shift things aside. This usually, usually involves you getting out of the airboat uh, running into either zombies, head crabs, combine every once in a while. Eventually, you get a, a Gauss cannon, gauze cannon, attached by another resistance member. This becomes important as you uh, start to face increasingly large number of combine. Eventually, you fight a helicopter, like an attack helicopter that will shoot you and drop bombs in the water around you. And there's a fun little trivia fact. At some point, the helicopter just starts like spamming bombs, like just dropping the dozens and dozens of bombs in a line. And I want to say I read somewhere where this was actually a glitch at one point, and they kind of looked at it and went, oh, that's actually kind of awesome, so just throw it in. And and that's that's fun. I I like that. There's literally a trope about that of of just throw it in there, kind of like the Skyrim giants blasting you into the sky. So I I like when that's kind of stuff manifests itself in games. I'm going to pause because I need breath. to. Yeah, take a breath and catch up on my notes. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. This is how this goes, guys. Sorry. This, this is how recordings actually go. We edit a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is why sometimes episodes take a while, because editing is oh, simple. Oh, <laughs> yes. I have so many notes open right now, guys. Uh, all right. So we've taken our airboat to Black Mesa East. Yeah. We get there, meet Eli Vance. We get the gravity gun. Physics, fun Yay. things. That is attacked by the Combine. We have no. to go through Ravenholm, which is a, an area that we don't go to. Because it's been taken over by zombies and head crabs. So we have to go through the survival horror area. Go through Ravenholm. Go through uh, that to get to the next resistance base. <clears throat> then we get to drive in a dune buggy along the coast road. We get to Nova Prospect, which is a prison, which is where uh, Eli Vance was taken to after Black Mesa East was taken over. He gets teleported away by Judith Mossman, who is kind of a traitor. We eventually go from there back through City 17 Everything's in an active uh, resistance. It's an uprising. All of a sudden, we're in a squad-based first-person shooter. We get to the Citadel. We meet Dr. Breen. We shoot a bunch of things. 
and then get I mean, blown up. Yeah, yeah. And then are thrown back into stasis by the G-Man. I definitely ran out of steam at the end of that. If you don't know what Half-Life 2 is, please look it up. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> you just condensed the end of the game into like three lines. <laughs> yes, I know. I just kind of gave up at the end. Oh, God. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I just got a network error. I just got a OBS studio disconnected. Oh, no. Alert. So, unfortunately, here's where OBS briefly died. We kind of lost network connection. So, we're going to skip out all that stuff of our troubleshooting. And eventually, we got back. But that was a fun adventure. That's what happens when you record live. Hey, I can see you. Yay. All right. That's all that matters. Uh, yeah, Yay. I have to be very metallic-y sounding because we're now through Chris's computer. Whatever. We have Audible. Yes. Sorry. Uh, not Audible. <clears throat> Audacity going in the background. So, Which is unfortunate because we've literally gotten to... Well, I'm just going to be talking. We've gotten to the important part of the episode where I just rant about... It's going to be mostly Half-Life Chris rants too. at this point. Yes. So... We talked about all the background stuff. I love this game, by the way. It is it is a game that I have come back to multiple, multiple times. We'll, we'll make sure. Let, let's go into the mechanics a little bit. We've talked about how it's a yeah. uh, first-person shooter, briefly. So go go more into that. It's it's a first-person shooter, but it does a very good job of of kind of playing to different styles like so in the very beginning and this is very much like the first half-life now that i've played that game where there's a large um hello he couldn't get me there sorry i'm just looking oh i'm just looking at you I'm I'm chatting. I'm, I'm answering questions. I know, Keep answering. I know. Um, it's it it does the the Half Life one thing of starting with a big narrative where you're on a train. Mm-hmm. So it's you're looking around, and then it's not really a first person shooter for for like the first twenty minutes of the game. Like you're just wandering around and talking with people, and then you're you're. You find the the uh, scientist lab. You know you find Kleiner's lab, and it's again twenty minutes before you even get the the crowbar, which is a throwback to the original game. So it's it's a very very first person narrative game that kind of turns into a first person shooter. Like eventually you get a pistol to fight the combine, and then. Yeah, it it moves up to to other things, but it's kind of a progression of of moving through the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like as I said, you you do the after a while. Sorry, for like the first big chunk of the game, while you're getting interested and introduced you have a pistol and then a little bit you get like the smg and then all of a sudden you get thrown into like an airboat yeah like it's it's just like what like Alert. i should throw in the airboat mechanics were a lot of fun because the steering was the wasd but the mouse was still look around so you could still kind of look around as you were driving forward. So that was like a fun kind of immersion thing. And then when uh, you get to the helicopter boss that I referred to earlier, it does the classic video game thing of all of a sudden you're in a big open area and there's a bunch of crates with health and shield around, which is one of those very, very good indicators in a game that you're about to fight a boss. And that comes up multiple times in this game. Like whenever you have to fight a gunship or a strider there's always a crate because that's a mechanic there's there's unlimited crate boxes things containers like you open them and it instantly refills all of a certain type of ammo be it an smg or uh your rocket launcher most of the time and then... nope i lost it <laughs> hold on 
I mean, as much as as, as much as we call it a first person shooter, it, you say it in your notes, it's true. It is also a lot of puzzle elements because that's the whole point of the gravity gun is it brings in these physics puzzle elements to the game. They don't. Yeah. It is it is styled like a first person shooter that's not entirely meant to feel like a first person shooter is what I get from. Yeah. It. Thank thank you. It's <laughs> and even before you get the gravity gun, like you you have to um, pick up pieces to move ramps like and uh i i we've always talked about um tutorials yes right and what's a good tutorial and i always come back to this game being one of the great seamless tutorials so go back to when you get off the train in the beginning of this game one of the guards just says and he's, you know, just ass- asserting his will as a terrible guard. He just says, pick up that can. And it's like, E, to pick up can. It's like, all right. And you could either drop it or throw it at his face. And you could drop it, and he laughs at you, or you throw it at his face, and he hits you with a stun baton <laughs> in the face. But that kind of sets up the rest of the game. So, like, even... Even before the gravity gun, like, yeah, you've got, uh, as I was saying uh, before, when when you're running through, uh, even with the airboat, like, you've got to go out, you've got to move pieces, like, at some point you have to move, like, a washing machine and <laughs> knock it over a ledge to move a ramp up. Like, you've got to leave the airboat, go around, you know, run through, there's a little bit of shooting move some objects in the world to get a ramp to pop up it's it's uh it's it's super interesting the way that it transforms from from shooting to physics to as we said once you get into ravenholm you know halfway through the game all of a sudden it's a survival horror game yeah like it's dark you've got you've got a flashlight but you've got power from your hazard suit, which is a holdover from Half-Life 1. But your hazard suit can power your flashlight, your sprinting, and your holding your breath, essentially. Mm-hmm. So underwater, I should say, holding your breath. So you've got to balance those mechanics. You get into Ravenholm, all of a sudden, uh, you go from fighting Combine soldiers to uh, the the headcrab zombies from the original game, which there were a ton of, but then you find, like, fast zombies. Alert. Here's a good time to talk about the different types of enemies, because I don't think we ever talked about this. As we said, there's combine soldiers. There's a couple different types. There's your, your standard combine soldiers that have either a pistol or an SMG. There's ones that... You could tell they have red goggles, and those are the ones that will have a shotgun. There are white combine soldiers that you typically only see in the Citadel, and they'll carry, like, the pulse gun. And then in terms of the headcrab zombies, as I was talking about, there's the standard ones, there's headcrabs, there's the fast zombies um, that are, like, supposed to be, like, a regular headcrab zombie that has kept evolving into something that's faster and stronger there's kind of hunched over weird headcrab zombies that will carry about three or four of the poison headcrabs which i talk about later so there's a very varied (laughs) set of enemies in this game and they'll show up at different places sometimes they show up at the same time but it's 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 kind of neat how it's just like, oh, we're in a combine area. Oh, we're in a headcrab area, which is caused by the combine. Didn't talk about that, how one of the weapons the combine uses is firing rockets that contain headcrabs to attack areas. That's how Ravenholm became an infested zombie city. Uh, there's n- very, very little ammo in Ravenholm. Like I said, it, it, it so, becomes a survivor horror. Yeah, and you've got to you you get the gravity gun immediately before that, so you've got to go go from a shooter to oh I've got to be able to pick up things like 
a saw blade and it's still it's still a shooter but you're picking up a saw blade with a gravity gun shooting it you are activating traps that are in the streets so it it's just a massive shift to a different style of gameplay and then you go from there you get out of Ravenholm you're back to a first person shooter you go then to the thing that's in my notes <laughs> you go to back to kind of a driving game where you get the the little car and so you've got to go on the coastal road on on the dune buggy which is kind of related to before that with the uh the airboat but um all of a sudden you're you're in a driving game again like and every once in a while you've got to get out and you find encampments here and there. There's there's little bits of narrative that they love to spread out all over the place. And they don't really throw it in your face. It's kind of, you're talking with characters. You're hearing chatter on radio. You're looking at maps. At one point, you can look through a um, telescope at a place that you're about to go to in maybe 20 minutes and you see uh, all of the stuff like you see you see all the resistance people running around but in the context of you had just taken over a combine area so it's like the combine is spying on that area right so it's yeah. like they're they're looking there at one point you look over the G-Man just randomly shows up as he does in the first game every once in a while, like when you when you spy through glasses. Right. Yeah. I, I think the way that they did the game and they developed the game is they don't throw the plot in your face all the time. I mean, sometimes they do. But a lot of it, as you said, you pick up from little pieces here and there as you wander and explore the world. And I think it's the people who appreciate the game more and love the game. I mean, a lot of people did, obviously but who, who picked up on those little details and that's what made it stick with people a lot more than just the stuff they just threw at your face. Because a lot of mm. games will throw stuff at your face. It was the little pieces that built the world out in such a deep way that I think really brought people into the game as well. Obviously the mechanics and how different the the gravity gun brought a different level of, of, of nuance to the game. Mm. But... I think it wasn't just the mechanics of the game that brought people to it. It was just the the lore and the way they built and the storytelling that they built that really brought people into the game. Yeah, uh, it's it's that the gravity gun was just. I I think my notes say it's just such a game changer. Like yeah. it's it just you know you had never had anything like that where you could just pick up and throw pieces of of the environment around yeah. and so the gravity gun did have its limits you could only pick up certain objects of a certain size you could use its alternate mode of pushing things to push stuff out of the way i i always joked like when you kind of got stuck on the wrong side of the door to ravenholm why couldn't you just use the gravity gun to open it but at a point at the end of the game where all of your weapons are kind of vaporized the gravity gun is it. It's supercharged, so you could literally pick up everything. Consoles, pieces of strider, combine soldiers, and throw them. And that that becomes such a fun part of the game where that's you're literally your only weapon and you could just pick up and throw everything practically. And the way that they integrated it was just so smooth. Like, you know, this is going back pre Ravenholm where it's just like, here's the gravity gun. Here pick up going back to the the whole tutorial thing pick up this ball and throw it around that ball was a mine that shows up on the coastal road later Oof. so it's your brain is going here's this ball that shows up i'm going to pick it up with the gravity gun and throw it that is one of those amazing tutorial pieces that you don't even realize that you're doing. Yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons why I think this game is just fantastic because it it has those little pieces like that where it introduces it introduces plot pieces, it introduces mechanics and just kind of 
it was just like it just kind of gives it to you on on a nice little plate and you don't realize that you're gonna need that later like yeah they don't and and that's a, the purpose of tutorials like it just right. seems very very well Intuitive. done yes I think I think the key as well is this is a game where you get a lot of value by replaying it because you wouldn't have picked up on all those things on that initial playthrough so it's that replay. Mm -hmm that really brings that extra level of, oh, God, now I remember this comes up again later, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I, I'm curious for you. I know you love this game so much. How did it feel? Like, I know you've replayed it a bunch of times, so this most recent re playthrough wasn't, like, the first time in, like, a long time. This is a game you've replayed on multiple occasions, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, correct. So I think, let me, I, I want to bring up... Keep keep talking. I want to bring up on Steam how many hours I played, which is probably uh, <laughs> less than I think, less than I think, but but more than yeah, so, more so than I want. My point is like, is it ever? Is it one of those games that you can just fall back into super super easily? Because I know you know we talked about it. One of the other non roses we did was Jack Three, and that for me the Jack series in general is a game I can mm. just fall into at any time. And I feel like Half-Life was very similar for you in that way of, it's just a game you're like, Oh yeah, Half-Life I want to play now. You know? Oh, like, absolutely. Like it's, it's uh, at, at any chapter. Like it's one of those like drop in and it's just like, where do I want to start? Yeah. I want to start here, which can kind of mess up your resources because again, this is, <laughs> this is, this is one of those games where I've got uh, the, the, the t-shirt that, that, producer lisa was nice enough to get me where it's just someone hoarding a bunch of items and says i might need these i never use any ammo i know i i made fun of one of our friends on stream because he was using a magnum to kill head crabs and i was like why are you doing that you've only got 18 bullets for that gun and you're using them on head crabs it drove me crazy and he made fun <laughs> of me for for making fun of him he knows who he is um but like just trying to uh, uh, hoard that ammo, and it's it's a weird feeling. But uh, yeah, I it's it's a game you can step into anytime. I Steam says I've played it for seventy five hours, and it's probably like an eight hour game. I was gonna say, <laughs> I, what's yeah, what's the, what's the playthrough time on this? To beat. Let's find out. Uh. This is what we clacka, do while clacka, we're recording. Tappa, tappa, tappa. Is we start researching as we're recording. 13 hours. 13. 13 hours. Okay, so I've got... That's the main uh, you story. Know. With extras, 15 and a half. Completionist is 19 and a half. I don't know how you're completionist on this. Like, there's, there's secrets here and there. So I've essentially played through this game like nine times. <laughs> as far as Steam is concerned. At least which on is Steam. probably... So that's another question. Have you ever played it on Xbox or on another system? I mean, I played it on my roommate's computer, so I didn't <laughs> play it on my Steam account. I probably played through it a half a dozen times on on his computer, which was great because, again, this is a computer in 2005. So the computing power of that, when you would go through loading screens, mm -hmm. I remember you'd hit a loading screen and they would try to conceal them in like tunnels or doors yeah, or whatever. But on the, on this computer, it would take about like f three to four minutes oh, to no. load the next area. Yeah. Oh, no. Which was great when you accidentally went backwards and reloaded the old area. Oh, no. <laughs> That was that was one of my favorite things about getting a new computer and playing this game. But it's like I don't have to worry about loading screens anymore. That's so funny. So yeah, so this is a game that you definitely go back to a lot because I know obviously because you love it and everything. But I think, like you said, because the mechanics are so smooth, it's so easy to pick it back up again. They teach you so intuitively, and it's just I it. it it isn't a straightforward shooter. I think you, from what I know of, like what we've played at this point, is you would get bored if it was nothing but a shooter. It's everything else that keeps you in, entrenched in it. I would say. Yeah, it's 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 got very distinct sections. It's like, you know, survival shooter, survival horror, driving game. <clears throat> 
uh, towards the end, you get to, like, pseudo-squad-based because you have yeah. people that follow you around. If you don't kill them all, Chris. If, if you don't kill them all or <laughs> let them die or I don't kill them. Just because you let them die. I'm sorry. You're right. Maybe so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're not very smart. That the number of times, I mean, it's a meme where they just get in your way, and it's like, oh, sorry, Freeman. Oh, let let me get out of your way. It's like get out of my way. The AI, smartest AI. (laughs) AI, not very good. I mean, this game is you know how old? Came out in 2004. So yeah, I I always find it so funny that the that like the survival horror area of this game the head crabs what i've seen of it online and what i've heard about it again since i haven't played reminds me so much of a game that came out years after this i think like four or five years after this of dead space which has a lot of those same elements of the survival uh-huh. horror except the whole game is survival horror yeah um but so much so that my brain when you i saw you streaming the other day and it said like head crabs mm-hmm. or whatever and i was like Oh, I didn't know Chris was playing Dead Space. And I was like, no, it's <laughs> Half-Life. I'm such a dummy. But it just, like, there's those similarities, and I find that really interesting. But it's those, yeah, yeah. Half-Life well, is really what did it first, obviously. And, you, yeah, because you, you go from, again, from, from like, the Combine, just soldiers, to to stuff that was in Half-Life 1, honestly, like the, the headcrab zombies. But then in Ravenholm, they introduced the fast zombies, which scream at you when they come around which is just horrifying the first time you hear that <laughs> or the 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 jump start which which uh our friend there's a ton of clips of me fighting the the blackhead crabs which yeah take you down to one health immediately like it'll leave your armor but it'll take you down to one health so that and they have a cheating a, bastard Yes, and they have a very, very specific noise. So you either see them or hear the little skittering noise, and it just, like, puts, the, puts that fear into you all of a sudden, which is, which is why when I would turn the corner, the health does, yes, you are correct, the health does restore itself. Talking, talking with the chat. So it'll take you down to one health, but you will go back up to where you were. But it still scares the bejeebus out of you <laughs> when you turn the corner and there's that stupid black head crab, which is why I freaked out multiple times and and just blasted it away with a shotgun most Again, of the time. There are some great clips on Twitch. There, we're, we're, there are gonna, very, very good clips. I'm going to try to put a compilation over on YouTube as well of your clips <laughs> of you just jumping out of your skin. And it's hilarious. <laughs> it's... Yeah, the, just the way that this game changes itself over the course of of the plot, and it it just walks you through. It's it's just I think fun. It, again, that's another reason that it's been considered one of the greatest games of all time, and all of that yeah. for so many people. And it's still on those lists, while you know maybe isn't at the at the top of those lists anymore. It's still talked about in that regards because it doesn't just fall into one silo, into one category of it's one of the best shooters of all time. It's one of the best this mm-hmm. of all time. No, it's just considered one of the best games because it covers so many different things and it does them all really well. Yeah, I think so. Which like, I there, think is there the are... big part of it. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously. There are a couple of places where it shows its age because it's it's an older game and it was built on the Source engine and the Havoc engine, which are outdated now. But like, yeah, I mean, even even going back to the original Half Life, the way that it is, the way that they just weaved narrative into the game. Yeah. I I appreciate that, Taco. In the chat, it's an older game, sir, but it checks out. You are you are pushing the buttons there. Star Wars and Half Life too. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious if, uh, you know, as we said, we know one of our uh, the listeners of the podcast has been playing the Black Mesa game recently, which is the original Half Life redone yes. in a modern engine. Is it's the Half Life Two engine. Is it the Half Life Two engine? Okay, it is. I, so I, so there is yeah. So so, uh, sorry, I'm cutting you off. So what it is is it's. As you said, it's it's the original Half-Life game built in the Source engine. 
Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. So, if nothing else, there's also there's there's more than two NPC models because <laughs> that was the joke in in the original Half Life. Yeah, like all of the guards look like Barney, and all of the scientists look like Doctor Kleiner. But sorry, yeah, so where are you going? But with I wonder that? if. Because the fan community, again, as we joked, there will not be a follow-up to this game. The fact that a prequel randomly came out is so freaking <sighs> so freaking valid was, that they're like, hey, we're going to tease you with basically uh, a VR game just to show what we can do, but not continue the series. There was technically, and, and we talked about pre, there was, uh, you know, Half-Life 2, Episode 1, Half-Life 2, Episode yeah. 2. Yeah, but what I was There was say... also a follow-up. There was Follow the Freeman, which was... I don't know that It one. was, like, it was, a, it was developed by, like, a third party. It got... It got approval through Valve, but they, by all accounts, it. it was a terrible game. <laughs> like, it was just, like... Using just awful rehosted Unity assets, like it was, it was a shame. There's supposed to be an episode three, but they can't count that high. Yep. They really can't. Valve well, can't go to three. I'm I'm really curious when you talk about you know the game shows its age sometimes if at some point because Black Mesa came out in you know the last couple years. I wonder if there'll ever be a fan initiative to push and redo Half Life Two in a more modern engine. Um, I don't know how if they that would need to. Fair Honestly, enough. If they don't like, need to, then they don't need to. I don't think because part of part of Half Life One was the Zen area was just a, a yeah. hot mess. That's what. So like Black Mesa completely redid the Zen area, and I I yeah I mean they could, but you don't <clears> find <throat> it as necessary. That's I mean that's important yeah. to talk about that like because some games yeah. could really use updates and other ones are like no I don't you don't need to touch it you know. I mean, we remember when we did uh, GoldenEye. Our GoldenEye multiplayer was literally in the Source engine. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> so it's it's GoldenEye built in an engine that was made fifteen years ago. Like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Some games don't need again, that update. It's not a great engine, but uh, yeah, I it I feel like yeah, uh, it's it's good enough. Uh, it it holds up well enough. I, whew, I love this game. <laughs> so so I know you didn't give it a official rose tinted score. Or anything yeah, ten like out that. of ten. Ten <laughs> out of ten. Don't even just. It's a ten out of ten. I I love this game. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Would you say? Bring it out. <laughs> Bring it out. Bring it out of the graveyard. I'm we, saying we've that. We never retired it. You always say it. I know. Bring it back. So, so I don't always say it. I try. One not of to. your favorite games of all time, because I know Tie Fighters up there as, as well. Tie Fighters up there. Uh, this this is absolutely up there with one of my favorite games of all time. I love Half Life. I know I played it after this, and the narrative of that is good as well. And and it half the original Half Life was was great for for the ground that it broke and this is kind of the same way where it i don't know just it, it's the f- kind of like how we talk about uh halo where's that narrative gameplay co-op this was a narrative single player game that i could play by myself mm-hmm. and and the progression of the entire thing it just it was a journey like i i i loved it and again, I've played it apparently like ten plus times, according to Steam. At least on your current <clears throat> Steam account. Yeah, uh, yeah, not not on an old machine from two thousand five. <laughs> so. Well, there we go. Uh, well, okay. I mean, is there anything else you want to throw in there before you wrap things up? No, I've I've ranted for so long, <laughs> and it's been a mess. I'm I'm glad that you could pop into this because absolutely thank you everyone me, for joining us me on trying the live to pull this out as well yes yes thank you everyone on the live stream you know who you are it's all of our good friends apologies for the technical difficulties in the middle i don't know my computer <clears throat> broke, that never happens. so we had to switch to chris 
Now you just got to stare at my dumb face all the time. <laughs> so next episode will be F-Zero. We are going to get to it. It's not going to be a month from now. We're going to get to it sooner than that. We just want to get this out there yes. in the meantime. Uh, really appreciate everyone always sticking around. Big thank you to our producers. Uh, you guys are awesome. You keep us in line. The fact this episode's such a mess is because neither of the producers are sitting with us in the room right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I blame them. No, that is uh, fair. But no, you guys and, are awesome. So thanks. And as as usual, I've got so many. I'll I'll do this as part of this because it's a bonus episode. Uh, I think maybe I will post post my notes uh, from yeah. this because I've got. Not as many as I could have. I got one, two, three, four, five, six pages of of notes. So those we'll are post some photos. I should I should do that more because my notes are always stupid. Your and, notes and are hilarious and and make no sense. So but thank you guys for dropping in. This is this has been fun. It. It was supposed to be a holdover episode that should have been put out, I don't know, two weeks ago. But yeah, well. here we are. But it's fine. Thank you, guys. Sorry. See you later. Say goodbye, this Chris. Worst, worst ending ever. Goodbye, Thanks. Chris. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Oh, my God. Bye. Bye. I'm waving it. recording this whole time so that's gonna be fun to yes edit out. we have it's oh fine. it should be live oh oh are we back are we back